Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I think we're seeing a blow-off top in the SP500 where all the shorts are starting to cover on the super bullish economic data. Everyone's bullish buying uh, call options. There's no fear. The VIX is fading down. And, and we're seeing money rotate out of bonds and out of precious metals and miners this week. And to me, that's everyone kind of just giving up on those safe havens. They're like, forget mm -hmm. it. I'm moving to stocks and small cap leverage plays. And this is usually what happens is everyone, there's a big shift in a, in a washout. So I think we're in a washout low in gold and silver. I think it's just going to be under pressure for a week or so, but I think they're going to reverse and take off and everyone's going to get shaken out of the metals and everyone's going to buy into the stock market and then they completely flip and catch everyone off guard. And that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking for. This is the How to Trade Stocks Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Today's episode is produced in partnership with FinClub.ai. Trade with confidence and leverage the power of artificial intelligence in your trading starting today. Go to FinClub.ai to get two free weeks of AI stock picks and save 15% when you use the code SAVE15. That's at FinClub.ai. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's podcast. I have a special guest back on the line today, Chris Vermeulen. He is the chief market strategist at thetechnicaltraders.com. Chris, I am, uh, I'm really excited to have you back on. You, you are a very pleasant guest to talk to, and, and I hope for the audience out there as well, they, they get to learn a lot from you. Thanks for coming back on today. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, pleasure. Yeah. So the last time we talked, you know, the S&P was not looking so great. We uh, were fighting off viruses everywhere. And now we, we've hit a nice, beautiful, giant V-shaped recovery. Everything, everything's back, back to normal, right? Just like going to go up 10, 10% a month, right? This is normal. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it, yeah, it's, cra it's crazy. I mean, uh, the last time we talked, it was the complete inverse picture of what we have now. Market tanking, everyone freaking out, liquidating. It doesn't matter what you own, you liquidated. The U.S. dollar was the only asset that moved up in value during that because people literally moved to cash. They wanted to sell metals, bonds, everything you name it sold off. And now we're in the exact opposite. People aren't afraid for their lives anymore. They're buying everything. They're piling into small caps and mid caps right now. Uh, the tech sector had a crazy run. And now the money seems to be more rotational into the sectors that haven't caught up yet. And so we're seeing you know, utilities, consumer staples, um, other sectors showing real signs of life. Even financials are really coming back now. Uh, so it's it's complete opposite. And everyone is super bullish on the markets. 
and really, in my opinion, I mean, the technicals are still, we're in no man's land. Between the February high, the March low, uh, it's, it's tough to say where we're at. I feel as though a major market top is coming again soon. I think we're going to have another big sell-off. And I think that actually turning point could be this week and next week, um, which is, uh, I guess, June 7th that week uh, going through there. Um, so it's going to be interesting because everyone's super bullish right now. And that's not a good sign for markets to continue to go higher. Yeah. You know, I, there's that old adage where it's like, you know, anytime your taxi driver or Uber driver starts giving you stock trading uh, tips, right, then you know yeah. the top is in. Are, are we to that point? We are. I mean, there's a lot of technicals coming together that are screaming at me saying, uh, you know, we are days away uh, from a major market top. And, uh, you know, we could talk about those. I mean, um, I look at um, the VIX. The VIX is making new lows. Well, actually, let's step back here. So I was talking to subscribers the last couple of days and the SP500 has been rising into this this kind of rising wedge and rising wedges and falling wedges to me are they're, they're deadly to trade if you're on the wrong side. And they usually have a huge shakeout in one direction and then resolve in the opposite. And so many people get caught up in these because they happen real quick. And the SP500 right now is at a major pivot point on the chart. It's hitting a, pre, a previous kind of bounce in the market that happened in March, just before the real market crash took place. And um, I was talking to subscribers saying, listen, we're probably going to see a really big pop in price. Uh, we're going to see two, three, four percent pop in a couple days, and it's going to shake the market out. And it's going to make you want to get long. It's going to feel like you're missing out on the boat. You're going to have that FOMO kick in at full speed, and it's going to be probably a major reversal that's happening. And so when you look at the break it down to the little technicals. Not only is it a rising wedge at resistance, it's about to pop and spike and, and suck everyone in. But if you actually look at the net shorts on the SP 500, we're at like a record high for net short positions. Mm. And the market's not going to tank until those shorts get shaken out. That's just the way it works. And today, or I guess uh, it'll be uh, uh, June 5th, we had uh, economic data and it was all super bullish. Everything blew away expectations. We had a huge pop at 8.30. The market started to rally, and it's up like 1.5% already. We're breaking out of that wedge, and I think today is going to be the day that the shorts are going to be starting to cover, and we're going to have this huge short squeeze all throughout that session, and this could be a significant high, right? So that's that's kind of the, the background, like the main move at play, but then you look at the VIX. It's trading at multi-month lows. There's the fear is fading. The put call ratio on an opening basis on average is at the same level it was at the February highs. All these things are coming together. People are super bullish. They feel like they know what they're doing. And usually that's uh, that's the sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so while you're describing that, my, my first two thoughts were, A, are you going to try and play this, this uh, short-term spike or are you B, going to be sitting it out and waiting for that to capitulate? So I don't pick tops and I don't pick bottoms. Mm -hmm. I try and catch once the trend reverses and we have confirmation on some shorter term time signals, then we'll get into the trade. But you won't catch me putting on a net short in inverse ETF or anything here because the market could just keep climbing. And, yes. and same with market bottoms. You think you got a bottom and it just keeps dropping further and further, right? So 
I don't I don't pick tops or bottoms. I catch that smaller chunk. Once that trend kicks into place, I catch it. And then I, I get out after it's rolled over and confirmed it's starting a new downtrend. So I'm always catching that low risk kind of healthy middle section. You know, you miss a lot of gains that way. But I mean, picking tops and bottoms, you'll lose a lot trying oh, to do it. I've learned so many yeah. expensive lessons trying to pick tops and bottoms. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It, it, it's super tough. And even when everything is aligned like it is right now. Uh, if you if you look back in time, some of the biggest moves, almost like forty to sixty percent of the trend move, happens in the last four or five days of a trend. It's usually that capitulation drop, that washout low, or a big pop and a big short squeeze. And it's usually those biggest moves happen right at the end. And people are always trying to pick those tops and bottoms right at the end, and they get shaken out at those capitulation because it goes beyond their comfort zone. And most people always put on too big of a position. They don't understand position sizing, risk management. So when the S&P, you think it's bottoming and then it drops another 12% the next day, you freak out uh, because you put in way too much of your account. But if you had a small amount in there, I mean, it's not as deadly, but people just get shaken out because they don't fully grasp trading and position sizing. Without a doubt. Yeah, I know. I think it was in the trend following book by Michael Covell that he says something like the uh, the most expensive, you wanna catch the uh, the sixth eighths in the middle of a move because the first eighth is the top and the, the last eighth is the bottom. You're not gonna catch the tops or bottoms, but if you can catch the six eighths in between, you're gonna do pretty well. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's what I do. And it removes a lot of stress from the trades because you're kind of avoiding that high volatility time and you are in cash a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I'm in cash. I think probably about 51 or 52% of the time is what it works out to be. And people don't fully grasp the power of being in cash. It's not about always having positions and riding that roller coaster. It's about finding that sweet spot in that trade, yeah. getting in. You make two, three, five, 10% on a portion of your portfolio. You close it out. You wait for the next one. I mean, there's no point in trading tops and bottoms and that volatility because it just brings a lot of risk and they're more unpredictable anyway. So, your statistics kind of go out the window. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I know there was, um, I might quote another book. It was, in, it was in Market Wizards. I forget who said it, but basically something along those lines of, you know, you kind of just sit and, and stock your, uh, your trade, like if you're, you're a predator, and you just yeah. wait until it's just money sitting on the floor right there, and then you go and pounce and then, then move on and uh, be back to cash when, when that opportunity is gone. Yeah, yeah that makes I really a lot like, of sense. I like those market wizard books. I read a couple of them and I thought they had some great points. And I think yeah. one of the, the biggest keys that I took out of there, uh, well, I know it was because I follow it more or less now is in order to outperform the markets and to be to have a, a good portfolio, you don't need really any more than seven positions. Mm -hmm. And I, I like that. That was what a majority of them broke down to. It's not about having 40 stocks. And I mean, if you want to be a full out trader and actually like, you know, work, work, work to follow all those trades and keep up with them. I mean, most of those trades are all in the same sector. So you're going to be like crazy overweighted or you're going to just be managing them as a full time job. But if you've got like three to seven positions in different asset classes, I mean, it's so much more comfortable and manageable and you can be just as diversified or much more. And that's what that's what I like to do is I like to just have a handful of positions at, at max and uh, manage those. And that was the big eye opener was 
Um, you don't need, you know, 15 or 20 mm -hmm. positions, which I still think is a lot. Yeah. And, and a lot of people have more than that. Right. Um, so I, I just find it amazing that you can, some of these top traders were only putting on, you know, six, seven trades. Some of them were 10 or 12 max. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, yeah, I had, um, Mark Minervini. He's a, he's a market wizard. I've had him on the, the show and, uh, trying to get him back on again. And honestly, I've, I've got a whole list of market wizards that I'm starting to work down. Who, who can I get back on the show? Um, but uh, yeah, he, he talks about, a lot about that. He was like, you know, diversifying your portfolio, trying to have all these positions on leads to more issues, right? And you're not going to get super performance, as he calls it, because you're, you're not concentrated enough in the ones that are making the moves. Like uh, yeah. this past week, I was in BABA. And it had like a 12% move in three days. And it's like, bam, like that. And then lights off, you know? So yeah. you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta be in the right place at the right time, but it doesn't mean you have to be in everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's sweet pockets, sweet spots to be in. And there's just those short windows to be in them. So, mm -hmm. yep. So how long is your watch list? Now, I, I'm going off topic here a little bit, but while you were talking there uh, about, you know, only holding a few positions at a time. Do you have just a, a core 10, 15 or so that you look at? Because for me, like I just look at the most liquid stocks and the most liquid option contracts. I think I have 12 or so on my watch list. And I don't look anywhere else, right? I'm not going to try and fight the tide if I can't get in or out at good fill prices. Yeah. So the watch list depends on the type of trading strategy. So if I'm day trading, more or less, I'm looking for the most, the biggest gainers and losers for the mm -hmm. day in pre-market, um, they need to be really trading minimum like 800,000 shares a day in previous sessions. So there's liquidity. Um, they have to be priced between $1 and $25. The lower price, the better. Mm -hmm. um, once you get over 25, um, it requires more capital to get some good shares, a good, a good amount of shares. I mean, they usually have a bigger market in terms of there's better market makers managing them. I don't trade any brand name stocks when I'm day trading because you're playing with the best of the best. You have market makers out there who are doing all kinds of market maker traps. And it's just a, it's just a tougher game versus some small cap that's got some good news that's moving. And the market maker still does traps on the level too, but they're very predictable. You can trade them and you're looking for those traps because that's where the easy money is. And then when you get to like swing trading, my watch list is probably... It's probably 25 or 30 symbols. What I'm doing is I've got a, a section of symbols, which is just the all the different indexes in the VIX. Mm -hmm. And I like to see how they're moving, which ones are positive, which ones are negative. And I compare who is up the most versus down the most. Like recently, we've been seeing the NASDAQ underperform mm -hmm. while the Dow and the Russell have been actually outperforming dramatically. And that's the, clearly showing there's money rotating out of the NASDAQ and some of the tech heavy stocks. And they're rotating into the ones that are more bullish, more uh, have more opportunity to the upside because the Nasdaq is right up at all time highs. So it, it's kind of at resistance. But you look at the Russell 2000, it's been basing out. It just broke out of a base and it's got a long ways to go to get to those highs. So there's lots of upside. So money's rotating around in those indexes. And then I drop down to all the different sectors and I just look at the ETFs like the XLP and XLU and XLK all the different, um, I think they're all iShares. Uh, I like to see which sectors are outperforming. Are they financials? Are they tech? Are they utilities? 
And so I can get a gauge if people are going into the defensive sectors or more of the leading edge kind of sectors like tech, or are they into industrial uh, transportation, which is a bullish sign that usually kind of happens before the stock market rallies. And then I go down to all the commodities. I see how they're all performing. So I kind of look at the whole market. And I get a glance at one screen of which color they are for the day, green or red, and which ones are outperforming. And it gives me an idea of where that money is flowing. Hmm. Well said. That that was a, a very good uh, description of of how to set up a, a a good watch list. So I hope the audience took some notes out there. <laughs> if they didn't, yeah, rewind well, a couple well, minutes and go back and listen to all that. That was great. Yeah. So if you find a hot sector, I mean, those are uh, those are the stocks I kind of you look for for day trading, right? If something's been hot for the last couple of days and pre market, that sector is doing really well again. I mean, on your watch list, if you can find one a stock within that sector, that's kind of going to give you that edge that it should be the leader. It should buck the trend of the SP 500. Even if it pulls back, that stock would only trade sideways intraday versus pulling back with it. So you look for the, the leaders, right? Or, or the laggards, depending if you're long or short uh, strategy for the day. But uh, yeah. Cool. All right. So, so let's take this over to gold, right? I know I've been following your social media. And I know you've been talking a lot about gold and the dollar. What's going on out there? Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm really bullish on precious metals. I think there's a, a good story. I think the scenario is setting up for uh, big, big price moves. Obviously, gold, silver, very manipulated markets. They are always being kind of held down, it seems. Um, but I, I'm bullish on them. They have very strong patterns. Gold is in a bull market. It's formed on the daily chart, a multi-month bull flag. It looks primed and ready to rip to the upside. Uh, silver looks like it's ready to almost start a new bull market and, and potentially go ballistic. Um, it, what's really interesting the last couple of days or last week and a half is the U.S. dollar has just been tanking. It's just down hmm. day after day. And precious metals haven't budged, really. I mean, I was really kind of hoping when the dollar rolled over, we were going to see metals kick into high gear. But we've been seeing the dollar and the metals or gold kind of move in sync. They've They've risen together for the last year. And now the dollar's falling and gold's kind of, you know, it's, it's at least holding up. It's trading sideways in this big range. Um, but I think we could get a little bit of a shakeout um, over the next few sessions because we've got this big scenario that I just talked about where I think we're seeing a blow off top in the SP 500 where all the shorts are starting to cover on the super bullish economic data. Everyone's bullish buying uh, call options. There's no fear. The VIX is fading down. And, and we're seeing money rotate out of bonds and out of precious metals and miners this week. And to me, that's everyone kind of just giving up on those safe havens. They're like, forget mm -hmm. it. I'm moving to stocks and small cap leveraged plays. And this is usually what happens is every, there's a big shift in a, in a washout. So I think we're in a washout low in gold and silver. I think it's just going to be under pressure for a week or so. But I think they're going to reverse and take off. And everyone's going to get shaken out of the metals and everyone's going to buy into the stock market. And then they completely flip and catch everyone off guard. And that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what the technicals are saying. So that's what we're, we're sitting back with our gunpowder dry. Hmm. We're more or less pretty cash rich right now, just waiting for, are we going to start a new bull market or is this a major topping phase? And once we get confirmation on either or, you know, we can get really active again in the market. Awesome. Well, there you have it. There's going to be, it sounds like, a lot of movement going on both directions. And so are you prepared? Uh, I mean, like Chris was talking about here, there, there, it's, it's not 
advantageous to try and catch the tops or bottoms, but to be a part of that trend, whenever it does start to move, don't try and pick that top, don't try and pick that bottom, but be ready whenever it does start to, to roll over. Chris, this has been excellent, very, very insightful. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to share all of this with the, with, uh, with the audience out there. So yeah. tell us a little bit more about uh, the technical traders and what, uh, what our audience can do uh, to learn more about you and your company. Sure. So technical traders, we've got uh, two different newsletters. One is for investors where we focus on the SP 500 mainly, when to be long equities, when to be either long bonds or in an in inverse ETF on the index. Very long term, kind of set it and forget it. Investing signals only change, you know, every few years during bull and bear markets. Obviously, this last one's been really long. Uh, every year, there's always some great opportunities for new money to move in. And we issue, hey, if you have more money this year to put into the bull market, this is the pullback. This is where you want to add it. So it's it's for investors, very passive investing. You just buy an ETF like the SPY, uh, pretty straightforward, or buy the SH or SDS. If we go into a bear market, you'll be playing the downside to profit from it. And then the main newsletter is uh, the technical trader, which we do swing trading and we cover all those different sectors and and commodities and indexes, and we'll trade whichever has got the strongest trend uh, using our band strategy, which is the best asset now. So which one has the best setup, the lowest amount of risk, the highest probability of winning, and we move into that sector. And uh, we only usually have two or three positions open at a time, very simple to follow. They're all ETFs, and we're looking for trades that unfold over you know a three to 30 day window for most of our swing trades. Perfect. Well, there you go. If you want to learn more about Chris and, and his uh, newsletters and then Technical Traders, make sure you head to thetechnicaltraders.com. Well, Chris, this has been a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate you coming back on today and, and sharing all this with us. Yeah, no problem, Chris. Appreciate it. Anytime. Yeah. And, and trust me, you'll definitely be back on any chance I can have you. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. And thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way you never miss whenever we have guests like this and some more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And we'll see you on the next episode. I've written a short guide on how you can use the triple stock profit system. It's the secret weapon every investor needs right now to change your financial future. And you can get it for free by visiting triplestockprofits.com or in the links below. Also, if you want to join a community of traders just like you, you can get free access to the elite membership that is even more resources to help you trade faster and trade smarter. If you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter, and I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions. 
and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10minutesdoctrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.